0: This podcast is brought to you by Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. Hi, I'm Clay Staley, and you're going to like the Two-Headed Nerd Comic Cast with Joe and Matt.
1: I guarantee it.
0: Holy crap, we're back. With episode 123 of THN, where we're talking comics and nerd news for the week of Wednesday, July 10th. My name is Matt Baum. That is at Matt Baumstein on the Twitter. And when I'm not describing myself as an out of the closet flamboyant nerd,
1: I'm writing the comic speculator blog for WordsPoint.com. And I'm Joe Patrick. That's at JoePatrick116 on the Twitter. And when I'm not trying to fit in with polite society while secretly pushing my nerd agenda and converting young children, oh my I'm the god. <laughs> I'm the manager of Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and the artist slash co-creator of Good Plus which you can
0: find at goodpluscomic.com. In this week's episode, you'll hear our reviews of Quantum and Woody number one and Ballistic number one after that. A motorcycle and the GD Grand Canyon will come into play when we review 10 more new comics during Ludicrous Speed Round. Then, the THN Sanctum Sanctorum has never been so peaceful, since our Atlantean peeps bought us a fish tank and some insight into next week's comics, and finally, they're too black, they're too strong, and they're a threat to polite societies. we know it, the comic pushers are back to prey on some quivering comic junkies. But before we implore all women that don't want rich white men lording over their bodies to pack up and get the hell out of Texas, let's take a moment to acknowledge the fact neither Joe nor myself will be passing... Any reproductive legislation on women until we learn how to carry babies in our own bellies. And then, we'll talk about this week's
1: big news. Topical. Hard-hitting, even! In what has come to be something of a tradition for Marvel, the publisher has announced the event that will be coming after the event they are currently building towards. (laughs) So, wait a minute, the world's not going (laughs) to (laughs) end? Inhumanity begins in December in the wake of Infinity and will be more of a status quo branding like the Heroic Age or Dark Reign than an event in itself. With the new branding will come a new title, Inhuman, by Matt Fraction and Joe Madureira. Describing Inhumanity in an interview on Marvel.com, writer Matt Fraction said, quote, The events of Infinity jumpstart a long-dormant genetic Inhuman strain. It leads into a global crisis overnight, in the middle of and coming out from Infinity. According to an article on EW.com, the Inhumans Terrigen Mists will be unleashed on Earth, unlocking the dormant genes in millions of human-slash-inhuman descendants. Whoa. Marvel editor-in-chief Axel Alonso described Inhumanity's impact on the Marvel Universe as seismic, saying, quote, You might learn that your new self is fantastic, beautiful, filled with immense power. By the same token, you could turn around and find out that you're nothing. You're a blob. You have no powers. You can create a little flame out of your pinky. (laughs) Fraction. It's still useful. I <laughs> sure. mean. Fraction and Alonzo likened the events of inhumanity to Game of Thrones as the inhuman society grows and splits into factions. Quote, The ashes of this royal family smolder, says Fraction. You see who lives, who dies, who's left, and how they begin to try and rebuild. Once this city falls, all kinds of bigger things start happening. There is a secret superhero kingdom, and you might belong there. What do you do? And what does Iron Man do? We're turning the entire Marvel Universe into a potential battlefield, and regular people are in the middle. Now, Matt, to be perfectly honest, I am not that psyched for Infinity. Like, Jonathan Hickman's Avengers really loses me most of the time. I'm and getting I'm just, psyched for Infinity. I'm, 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 like, I'll read it, and I'll probably like it, but I'm not excited for it. This, though, sounds awesome.
0: I think this sounds awesome. I'm going to play internet hater guy, and this is what would piss me off. I'd be like... Oh great, another story of heroes fighting heroes. I will say they've been stuck on this heroes fighting heroes business for quite a while.
1: Well, it's not necessarily here like the Inhumans are not necessarily heroes.
0: No, they're not. They're a I, society. And I love the Inhumans. Yeah. Huge fan of the Inhumans. I just I love and this the... sounds cool and I love when they when they tinker with the whole universe and stuff like that. Yeah. And they've already proven that they can do it tastefully without interrupting everything you're reading. They know how to do it. Sure. They know how to focus it. Sure. Obviously, this is going to probably touch on the Avengers books more than anything else.
1: Yeah, I bet FF will be heavy into it because Fraction probably. is involved. Right. I love the idea that there are like millions of people that would never know that they're descended from Inhumans. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Until the Terrigen Mist kicking, in and they're like, "Oh shit!" Right. I have flippers. And
0: what if this happens to some of our heroes? Ooh. Like he said, what does Tony? What does Iron Man do? What if Tony Stark is descended from an Inhuman? Oh man. Oh, man. I know, right? I think this sounds cool. I'm excited.
1: Well, uh, Fraction and and Alonzo were talking a lot about how they're going to use this to kind of call back to the earliest Marvel themes about alienation, like how the mutants were an allegory for racial separation between blacks and whites. Right. And I think that that's fun. Like, that's something that the early Marvel universe did really well, and I think that this will be an interesting way to do it. And the way they're talking, it's suddenly like... Humanity will be the minority, like immediately. That's kind of what it sounds like. And I think that that's fascinating—a fascinating direction for Marvel to go in. They released a teaser image with the announcement, and it had you know, here's, you know, Thor and Wolverine, Wolverine in a new costume, whatever. Um, I think it's neat. I like it. It's neat, neat? but I mean, about time. The things to talk about in this teaser—you've <laughs> got Yondu from the Guardians of the Galaxy for some reason. They're going full on Guardians of the Galaxy. We know that. You've got Spider-Man dressed as Peter Parker in the Peter Parker costume, not the Superior costume. I don't know what that means. And Nightcrawler's there.
0: I know. And I love Nightcrawler. And I'm ready for Nightcrawler to be back. We'll just see how they do it.
1: Oh, man. I I, I thought you'd be, like, way more excited. I thought
0: I would, too, but I looked at
1: it and I went, oh. You know,
0: like, (laughs) I just, I didn't really, like, feel anything yet. I think it needs to be well done. I think I still have a bad taste in my mouth from the way he died.
1: Fair enough. Drink. Drink. Uh, I I think that this sounds more fun to me than Infinity does, though Infinity I'm sure will be fine. But the same thing happened back with uh, Secret Invasion, where the storyline Secret Invasion's fine, but the idea of the villains being in charge afterwards was what really hooked me. Yeah, it was cool. So I, I like that Marvel actually does have lasting impact after their events. That's that's something that they've proved. You've that you've got to give them credit. Years for. Years
0: now, yeah, definitely in marvel movie news bleedingcool.com is reported and rob Leefield has confirmed that fox is moving forward with a film based on x-force yeah next week san diego comic-con will likely provide more details on the project such as which version of the team will be featured but for now the only information available is that kick-ass 2 writer jeff wadlow well i wanted to say waldo so bad <laughs> will script the film so joe How excited are you to see Farrell make her
1: big screen debut? (laughs) Listen, if they put Farrell in a movie before... If they put Farrell in a movie, I'm going to say they got the rights to her for five bucks. If if, if Fox get Farrell onto the big screen before The Flash or aquaman or wonder woman yeah i will die (laughs) (laughs) yeah we could
0: say marvel didn't necessarily win but fox just (laughs) kicked dc's ass with like the remnants of marvel's like forgotten mutant characters they bought
1: uh i think it's interesting um i'm a little concerned about what version of the of the characters it'll be i think it'll probably be the kill squad version
0: Mm, probably
1: it seems unlikely that it will be like cable and cannonball and And those guys. That would be cool. But you can bet money that Deadpool will be there.
0: Wolverine, Deadpool. Yeah. I
1: mean, can they do Deadpool? I mean, they. Yes, yeah, because they've been talking about a Ryan Reynolds Deadpool movie for. Well, and
0: I know that, but I'm saying after what they did to Deadpool in the Wolverine, where he turned into mouthless Frankenstein with samurai swords Uh, in his arms. And then got his head
1: cut off. Just forget it didn't happen.
0: You'll be like, he's feeling much better now? (laughs) Just
1: pretend it didn't happen. There is a credit cookie. Not. I hope it's out of continuity. I hope it's flushed from continuity forever. But you may recall that X-Men Origins Wolverine had multiple different credit cookies, depending Mm -hmm. on what uh, theater you went to. Yeah, And one of them is the headless body of Deadpool picking up his head off the ground after the battle. And... He says, shh, which is weird because he's got no yeah. l- lungs. Does or- he
0: do it with his nose? <laughs> but Dumb.
1: I, I, I think it could be fun. Uh, I think that X-Men Days of Future Past will really, and the Wolverine for that matter, will really, will really paint the picture of, about whether or not Fox's X-Men movies have any chance. I don't have good. any high
0: hopes at all for the Wolverine. I really don't. Because
1: I saw the trailer for Wolverine in front of uh, Pacific Rim the other day and what I didn't realize until just this minute is that it is a full-blown sequel to X-Men 3 The Last Stand. Yep. <laughs> it does not take place in the past. Nope. <laughs> and I'm a little bummed about it.
0: Yeah, I don't have any high hopes at all for um, it. I, I, we haven't had a good Wolverine movie yet. This is not going to be it. Not worried about that. I don't know. Call it my shot. Fatal. Sucks.
1: And finally, the Marvel Knights imprint has been many things. A corner of the Marvel Universe for up-and-coming creators to revive stagnant characters a place for marquee talent to tell out-of-continuity stories, and a brand for some of Marvel's animation and motion comics projects. Now, Marvel Knights is returning as a home for in-continuity tales featuring iconic characters by indie creators. Starting in October, the line will relaunch with the previously announced Spider-Man project by Matt Kent and Marco Rudy. A Marvel Knights X-Men miniseries will follow in November by Gorillaz creator Bram Revel. I love him, and I loved Gorillaz. And finally, Marvel Knights Hulk will begin in December from glory writer Joe Keating and sex artist Piotr Kowalski.
0: I love both those guys.
1: Too. Piotr Kowalski colon sex artist. <laughs> in an interview with Bram Revel, Newsarama described Marvel Knights X-Men as, quote, a series that takes place in current continuity and features Wolverine, Kitty Pride, and Rogue heading to a small town to recruit two newly manifested mutants to the Jean Grey School of Higher Learning. Things don't go as smoothly as planned. So, Matt, are you at all excited to see Marvel Knights make a comeback?
0: Yes, and I think it's a cool way to do it. I don't know why they needed to call it Marvel Knights so much. Because they have the name already in place. I mean, I guess. It, It
1: comes with a certain...
0: Is there important brand recognition there, though? I mean, like... I don't feel anything for the old Marvel Knights books. There's nothing in me. Really, like, awesome.
1: Like, Garth and it's Punisher.
0: I mean, like and I this is Daredevil. I liked them just fine, but it wasn't because they were the Marvel Knights imprints. It just because there was a good run of Punisher and a good run of Daredevil. There was plenty of crap in there too. Remember uh, what was the one that Chuck Dixon wrote? The team
1: Marvel Knights.
0: Oh yeah, just Marvel Knights where you well, looked a troll. Kidnapped the girl and had a cell phone that he was making calls on and crap. God, I was
1: dumb. And there was also the the pre NS Punisher by Bernie Wrightson where he was an angel Ugh. that fought demons yeah. with ghost bullets. Yes, and or ghost
0: something. or angel guns or whatever. Yeah. he had like all the weaponry of heaven at his disposal. Like, right?
1: What? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I think that the Marvel Knights brand does bring a certain bit of recognition and that some recognition is better than none no sure and
0: more more than anything else i'm just really excited to see guys like matt kent working on something like this that's very cool i think it's 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 dc's got to be nervous about that
1: oh eh, well, i think it's definitely an interesting way to do it like i love the idea of marvel giving these guys a corner of their universe to play in yeah and it's like bring in in indie guys to to work on it's these It's like books. a Marvel tryout book, and it's fun. Uh, sort of. I am eager to see a more serious take on these characters by indie creators unlike what normally happens right. when they bring in indie creators to do a...
0: A big anthology,
1: cartoon. Yeah, and it's all like, super funny. Yeah. Like, and I love that stuff. I do like that stuff. Right. But I want to see like what guys like Joe Keating and Matt Kent can do with serious stories that actually impact the marvel universe and i like
0: that it's in continuity because it matters it's not just like they're like hey do whatever you want they're like all right nightcrawler farts so loud the colossus kills him you know like whatever <laughs> like they're gonna it, it has ramifications so they trust these guys They think it's cool and they're giving them a little corner to play in like you said yeah. this is very cool and very according
1: according to uh bram revel they're giving them Lots of freedom. I love o- it. Other than the fact that it's like it has to fit into the current status quo, go forth and do whatever.
0: By the way, go find his gorillas. It was an image miniseries. It was excellent. Yeah, really yeah. well drawn, really well written about human intelligence level apes sent yeah, into Vietnam. Like sent into battle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really cool.
1: Yo, sucker, you got a big mouth.
0: That is the big news for this week. If you'd like to discuss these stories or anything you think we missed, head over to our Facebook page where Joe and I have posted the butt-wrenching story of us saving Justin Bieber's monkey from the German zoo where he was left by that little prick. I lost all respect for that guy. And arming him and sending him out for revenge against the Biebs himself. Every Friday, the Punisher to my man-thing, Joe Patrick. That does
1: not even make sense.
0: Post the question of the week on our Facebook and Twitter. You're punishing my man-thing. Then you're punishing my giant size man-thing. Then we read your responses and play your voice messages on the Answer of the Week audio blog exclusively at TwoHeadedNerd.com. You can call us on our Skype. Our Skype handle is 2 Nerd. I think it's working a little better now. Mm, Hopefully. (laughs) Or at our Ziggurat Direct line that always works all of the time. That phone number is 402-819-4894. There you can leave us a message. Just be sure to tell us what that message is in regarding to. Like, hey, this is Joe Schminkman, and I'm calling to ask a nerd a question or whatever. (laughs) Joe.
1: What did we ask these nerds this week? I thought, like, the way you read it made it seem like ask a nerd was a verb. Oh, 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 God. Like, yeah. change a tire. Yeah, I'm yeah, here yeah. to ask a nerd a tire. <laughs> this week's question was What is your favorite comic book publishing imprint? Now, that could be anything from, like, Vertigo to Wildstorm, Skybound, Skybound, Top Cow, uh, Joe's Comics, which is an imprint of an imprint. Oh, my God. Um,
0: Skybound's an imprint of an imprint,
1: too. Well, Skybound is Kirkman's imprint at Image. Right. Joe's Comics was an imprint of Top Cow. JMS. Yeah. And so, yeah, get crazy. Uh, The name of Eric Larson's little corner of the Image universe is called Highbrow. Is it? Yeah. I didn't even know that. Dig deep. You know, come up with something fun. Go nuts. And we will read your answers along with our own at the twoheadednerd.com exclusive answer of the week audio blog and name titles we want this qualified that's right don't just drop yeah aura i'm i'm looking at you aura (laughs) don't just drop an answer and then bounce
0: it's review time on thn where joe and i read two of this week's new comics and decide whether or not to roofie each other so we can just forget the whole damn thing joe forget me now what'd you read this
1: week the problem is you take the forget me now too late and all you forget is that you took one yeah yeah,
0: so you just keep taking them you're stuck in the forget me now cycle
1: (laughs) my pick for this week was quantum and woody number one from valiant entertainment written by james asmus with art by tom fowler here's your solicit writer james asmus and artist tom fowler punt the world's worst super team headfirst into the valiant universe once upon a time eric and woody henderson were inseparable Adopted brothers, best friends, brilliant minds. Years later, they are estranged siblings, petty rivals, and washed-up failures. But when their father's murder leads them into the throes of a life-altering scientific accident, Eric and Woody will find themselves with a whole new purpose and a perfectly legitimate reason to wear costumes and fight crime. Go big or go home, folks! Quantum and Woody are coming, and the action-packed, zeitgeist shredding exploitation stunt comic you demanded is here at last! And yes, there will be a GOAT 2 eventually.
0: I've been demanding Zeitgeist shredding exploitation stunt comics for years now.
1: (laughs) Well, you are in luck, my friend. Somebody shred my damn Zeitgeist! (laughs) (laughs) As we've discussed many, many times on this here show, I am a huge fan of the original Quantum and Woody by Christopher Priest and Mark Bright. I loved it, too. When Valiant announced a Quantum and Woody revival without the involvement of the original creative team, I was disappointed. It shouldn't have been a surprise all of the new Valiant titles have been reimagined from the ground up, but still. Fortunately, Eric and Woody are in good hands here as the creative team proves themselves up to the task of reviving the world's worst super team. Asmus takes a different approach to the characters here. In the original, Eric, Henderson, and Woody Van Chelten were childhood friends that lost touch and were reunited by the deaths of their fathers. Here, they're brothers with Woody, a foster child, eventually adopted into the Henderson family. It's a small change, but it serves to streamline the story a bit, and it adds a bit of depth to their father, a man that struggled to keep his family together after the death of his wife. As in the original, there's a conspiracy, and a high-tech science complex, and an origin-inducing accident, but the familiar elements are told in a new way with a fresh approach. I was happy to see Asmus and Fowler continue Christopher Priest's technique, of introducing each scene with a clever title. It's a device that Priest used a lot in his work, and in fact, he was the first writer I ever saw use it in comics. I think, yeah, I think you're right. Other people, other people do it now. Uh, Paul Miotti and Gray do it a lot in Jonah Hex and All-Star yeah, Western. they love it. Uh, it, it. It's a fun little device, and it fits the tone of this title really well. I loved the art by Tom Fowler. I remember the first time I saw his work, he took over the art duties on Green Arrow during Judd Winnick's run after Phil Hester left the title. At the time, it was such a jarring, stylistic change that it kind of tanked my opinion of his work for a really long time. And I've slowly been gaining a new appreciation for his stuff on books like Mysterious, The Unfathomable, and I'm really glad to see him drawing Quantum and Woody. His art is expressive, his characters are unique, and his storytelling is excellent. He's a great fit for the title. It fits the tone perfectly. Great. Great art.
0: It was really good. It gave it this very sort of digital cam like documentary feel almost. Like he bounced around with them the whole time. Mm. You know, almost like a district nine type feel, you know, where you're sort of chasing along with the main characters. Yeah, I guess that didn't occur to me, but that's, something. I'm way smarter than that's you. That's a good something. That's that is a good something. And <laughs> I am way smarter than you, apparently. you
1: are. <laughs> While I was sad to see that the original title wasn't oh. making a comeback. This is a fun revival that's true to the original book's spirit and a worthy addition to the Valiant lineup. I'm giving it a buy it.
0: Yeah, this was strong. This was real strong yeah. out of the gate. By no means the best thing that I've ever read or maybe not even the best thing I read this week, but I really liked it. I liked it too. It was fun. It wasn't overly silly and I appreciate that because like a lot of companies that go, "Well, we know we want this book to be a comic. We want this book to be a comedy." Like think about what was just done in Larflees, for example. Mm. Like, where they went, well, right. this should be kind of funny. We should take something as deadly serious as the Green Lantern universe and just fart this Warner Brothers character into it. You know, like, it never works. Here, this very much feels like the Valiant universe, and it very much feels like two guys that are in over their head in the Valiant universe, and it worked really well. This is a fun, like, buddy I was gonna say buddy cop, but it's more just like it is. A, it is kind of a buddy yeah. Cop. It's like a buddy adventure, and there's two buddies that don't particularly like each other sure. that are flung together. And I really enjoyed it. Buy it for me as well.
1: Now I will say that I wanted to get silly on occasion. Oh, I mean, and I think and it's that going was the to. joy of Quantum and Woody is that right. it could be outrageously farcical, and then all of a sudden, very tragic and serious. Which
0: I would argue what is what Priest did best.
1: Yes. And I want this title to walk that line as well.
0: I think, it's, I think we got a taste of that here, and it's definitely going that direction. Matt, what did you review this week? This week, I read Ballistic number 1. This was written by Adam Egypt Mortimer, who might have my favorite name in comics right now, with art by Derek Robertson. Here's solicit. This madcap sci-fi buddy adventure about a wannabe bank robber and his best friend, gun a drug addicted foul mouth living gun <laughs> marks Derek robertson's return to hard sci-fi world building of his classic trans metropolitan mixed with the boys ultra violence and the lunacy of happy that barely makes any sense when you read that sentence but after you read the comic <laughs> you're gonna go yep <laughs> yeah i had never heard of adam egypt mortimer but according to his imdb page he's the guy that directed the grant morrison talking with god's documentary that i haven't seen Along with Robertson here, the two are constructing an amazing sci-fi world where technology has been replaced by this really gross sentient yeah. biotech. Like everything around them was alive.
1: Yeah, I really loved that. Butch like, drove their a car. Houses are like living creatures. Yeah,
0: Butch drove a car that had like pterodactyl wings, and the headlights were weird little like beast eyes. <laughs> it was really kind of gross. One of the main characters, like it says in this list, it, is a living gun that. He carries on his side, but when he picks it up, it's got a tail that wraps around his forearm and like plugs into his adrenal glands so they can communicate with each other. And I they talk, but there also seem to be like maybe some psychic communication as well or perhaps chemical communication. I'm not really sure. It's weird as hell. Very cool idea though. The gun also has excellent dialogue and a hankering for weird illicit drugs. Yeah, <laughs> the world that's being built here is completely unrecognizable but also completely fleshed out in one issue. They don't waste a lot of time with world building.
1: Right. And I don't I didn't feel that they needed to. No. Like they they did enough in the telling of the of the story to fill in the gaps of what kind of world they're living in. Like right. I don't need them to ever explain why everything's alive, why they're riding in cars that have wings. We
0: don't need it. It's not important to the story, and I think a lot of these stories get stuck in that. Right like, here is my really big like idea of what the world is like, and here's pages yeah. of discussion. And the reason of
1: why everybody how the
0: government fell, right. and you
1: know, like, it... and the reason why payday is on Wednesday <laughs> is because of the Neverwinter Wars of 2075. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right.
0: And, uh... There's no point. Yeah. And they and they just do a great job here, tossing you into the action, and it really works. And I think one of the reasons it works so well is because Derek Robertson is so good here. He's at the top of his game, even more so than his work on Transmetropolitan, which both you and I completely love. I love it. I think this looks even better. And this world is even cooler to look at. The first two-page spread that we see with the car flying over the city. Yeah. And there's weird little living buildings and creatures all over the place. It was just awesome, man.
1: It's very well-drawn. Very, very well-drawn. I mean, the, I don't know. It's tough to compare the two. The world of Transmetropolitan, while very futuristic, was still way different. Right. It was much more technological than organic. And it
0: looked like sort of Hollywood. And it was
1: like a bright neon hell. Yeah,
0: it was like a Blade Runner vision of the future, whereas this is just completely off-the-wall bonkers. There's nods to the fifth element here. There's nods to Brazil. Even so much in our main character, Butch is basically Robert De Niro's character from Brazil. He's like the air-conditioning repairman with a gun, you know? I had to read this comic twice to absorb everything that was going on, and truthfully, after the second time I read it, I enjoyed it even more. The first time, I just went, whoa, what was that? Ballistic is original, weird, a little disconcerting, and unlike anything on the stands. It is certainly not for everyone, but it doesn't necessarily wander into, like the filth that's in the boys. Like the humor here is pretty highbrow and controlled. It is violent, not a bunch of nudity, not a bunch of dick jokes or anything, Mm. but just a really well thought out, well-written story. I've never read anything that Adam Egypt Mortimer's did, but I really like this and I'm looking forward to more of it. I can't say enough about black mask as a new company. They are really impressing me with their package, with the creators are getting Simon Spurrier, Has a book coming out next week at Black Mask.
1: You heard it here first, folks. Black Mask has a really impressive package. It's
0: true. They they just looked their hefty books on good paper for a good price. Way to go, you guys. I'm totally impressed. They seem to have come out of nowhere. I'm giving this a huge, gigantic buy it. I loved it.
1: I liked it a lot, too. Uh, I I did love the trans-metropolitan vibe. While it's different, it's, it's definitely its own beast. It definitely harkened back to that book that I love so much. And... This is Robertson in his element at his best. Huge bite for me as well. Very pleasantly surprised by Adam Egypt Mortimer, a guy who I've literally never read a single word from before. And you
0: know, Diego Rodriguez, the colorist here, did an absolutely amazing job. And I can't imagine what it was like to receive these pages from Robertson, yeah. you know? And How are you
1: supposed to know like, what anything is supposed to look like? Right.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, just say color, you know, and right. you just go nuts. And even, like, some of the simpler scenes where they're, like, doing drugs in this girl's apartment and she's making out with a gun and stuff. It's so well done and fleshed out and psychedelic and cool. Excellent coloring job here.
1: Oh, there's also a really fun bit of back matter where the writer kind of... Does annotations for all the weird tech stuff that they invented in this. Yeah. I didn't read it all because it's very dense, but it's a really fun idea, and I'm glad they took the time to do it. It's
0: a tasteful way to do it, too, as opposed to hammering it in. the story.
1: Also, it really, I think, if you take the time to read it, if you want to take the time to read it, you can, and it will help flesh out the world even more. You don't have to read it if you don't want to, and it doesn't bog down the story. Not at all. Very, very well done. Loved it. So that is a double buy-it for both Quantum and Woody number one and Ballistic number one. It's a day of buddy books. I didn't even realize Buddy books. Of course, we want to know what you worthless heroes and talking killing machines thought of these comics. So be sure to make out with our guns over at the comments section for this episode at TwoHeadedNerd.com. That's that's really dirty. Disgusting.
0: Last week, some jackass walked across the Grand Canyon on a tightrope on the Discovery Channel, and sure, it was cool. But not as cool as when Joe and I borrowed Captain America's motorcycle, and with a little coaching from Ghost Rider and Team America, Joe's gonna drive this sucker over the same tightrope with me on his shoulders at 70 miles an hour, all while we review 10 more of this week's comics during the Ludicrous Speed
1: Round! Ludicrous Speed! Go! Cronos Commandos Dawn Patrol, number one from Titan Comics.
0: Writer artist Stuart Jennett tells the story of a small group of U.S. soldiers circa World War II sent back in time to stop Nazi time travelers from rewriting the Cretaceous area. What more could you ask for? I mean, come (laughs) on. Amazing art here. Kind of a simple story in a Silver Age sort of sense, but a lot of fun to read. I really like this. You're going to be seeing more of the Stuart Jennett guy soon. Buy it.
1: Scatterlands, number one from Image. I missed this last week, but I had to check it out. Thanks to Aaron Myers for pointing it out. Warren Ellis and Jason Howard are doing super high-concept sci-fi, a panel at a time, and probably making it up as they go. It's 99 cents. It's DRM-free in any format you want. It's new Warren Ellis. What are you waiting for? Buy it already.
0: I got to do it, too. I got to catch up.
1: Night of the 80s Undead, number one from Action Lab. This is a
0: very self-aware zombie comedy set in the 1980s Hollywood, starring several of your favorite 80s movie stars, but in likeness only. There's some pretty heavy hints as to who they are. You can't miss it. Soviet Russia has bioengineered a shipment of Colombian cocaine to turn users into bloodthirsty zombies, and only two extremely busty girls can stop the stampede of famous, coked-out, man-eating, hunky-leading men and slutty hangers-on. There's some okay humor, but it gets a little too ridiculous. And the art was a little too cartoony for my taste. I'm giving it a lead. I thought I maybe liked it halfway in, turned out I
1: didn't. Adventure time, Candy Capers number one from Kaboom! This is the latest Adventure Time spinoff series, this time featuring Peppermint Butler and Cinnamon Buns, I as, love cinnamon buns. as a private detective searching for Finn and Jake. It strays from the detective thing almost immediately. And then at every opportunity thereafter, (laughs) which is a shame because that's what really drew me into the book. I wanted Peppermint Butler in that fedora, (laughs) like Solving crimes. But still, it's great for kids and adult fans of the show. Very well done. Very funny. Buy it. George R.R. Martin's Skin Trade, number one from Avatar. Like some other Avatar
0: adaptations, this one has a very famous name attached to it, as you heard. But it's actually adapted by a guy named Daniel Abraham. Who adapts all of George R.R. R. R. Martin's stuff, I found out. And artist Mike Wolfer. The story this is the story of a female detective with werewolves in her past who might be on the trail of another one. And the writing is decent, but the art by Wolfer is bad. And it just detracts from the story. They call him a horror legend in the Celeste. I am not buying it. Skim it. Past werewolves are a drag. Tell me about it.
1: Superman Untangled, number two from DC! <laughs> So far, this book is the anti-Man of Steel. Superman does everything he can to prevent the loss of human life despite the massive destruction occurring around him. There's a fun scene with Batman and Alfred, and we see a little bit more of Last Issue's mystery villain. Lex Luthor makes his move in a neat closing scene. It's well-written, beautifully drawn. I'm loving this book so far, and I'm glad to have a Superman series that feels like Superman. Yeah. Buy it.
0: Too bad they called it Unshankled.
1: Superman Unshankled. Number two. Shelter, number one, from Image. Writer Ed Brisson and artist John Christmas,
0: and yes, that is his name. I'm bring, sorry,
1: it's Johnny Christmas. Johnny Christmas.
0: <laughs> bring us the story of what happens. It sounds like somebody you wouldn't want to play pool with.
1: No. You know, no. Like, that
0: guy's going <laughs> to kick your ass. They tell us the story of what happens when the children of a head-for-the-Hilsey-type militia rise up and kill their parents. Excellent dialogue here, and a fantastic setup. I thought this was a perfectly executed story that left me wanting more. Christmas's art is a little loose, but by the end of the story, I really liked it.
1: I liked the story, and I thought the art was problematic.
0: Oh, man, I dig him. I'm giving this a bias. From
1: panel to panel, like I couldn't figure out who some of these characters even were.
0: Well, I almost wondered if that was a choice that he was making with the adults,
1: because the kids... That's you could, a bad choice. You could definitely <laughs> understand. Sorry. I couldn't tell what age some of the characters were. That's not that's not good stuff. I didn't that. have a problem with that. Eh. The story was good, though. Ghosted, number one from Image. I pasted it. Oh, sorry. Okay. Because Keith Silva demanded it. Here is my ghosted number one review. This is yet another number one from Image Comics, kind of a mashup of Ocean's Eleven and Ghost Hunters. Aaron Myers hit the nail on the head once again in his ludicrous speed reviews this week. I thought I had this book figured out and was ready to kind of dismiss it until the very end. It's a fun twist, eager to see where the story goes from here. I spelled here incorrectly (laughs) Great art by Goran Parlov Who I adore Buy it The true lives of the fabulous Killjoys Number two from Dark Horse
0: Maybe I'm the problem Maybe I'm too old Maybe Gerard Way is writing the greatest story ever And I just don't get it I love the art. I love the way the comic looks and the design here. But I have no earthly idea what is going on. (laughs) Killjoys reads like a bunch of sanctimonious lyrics plucked from an overly sanctimonious album that I didn't pay any attention to and pounded into comic form. I do not get it. And I am not reading anymore. Leave it. But I think maybe I'm the problem.
1: Well, but I think that illustrates... The problems and the gap between Gerard Way as a songwriter and Gerard Way as a comic writer. Could be. Umbrella Academy is amazing, and guess what it's not? Yeah. An adaptation of a concept album. Keep
0: your My Chemical Romance crap out of my comics. Yep. Snort! That is your ludicrous speed round, and snort is the sound of Bang Bang, the living gun, taking future drugs, as seen in this week's issue of Ballistic. Number one.
1: It's weird they call him Bang Bang in the book, but in the solicit they just call him Gun.
0: I think it was just the girl's kind of nickname for him. Oh, okay. Because she was all hives She's like,
1: "Hey, bang, bang Bang, you want to make out? I want to kiss." And you then you she said, weird "Gun mouth, you
0: taste like caviar and death." <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs>
1: Gross. Last week, our buddies Aquaman and the Submariner came by for a dinner of braised eel, lanternfish. With a confit of sweet peppers. I didn't even tell you how to pronounce that. I watch a lot of Food Network. Okay. With a confit of sweet peppers and a beautiful grilled rock lobster, served with beluga caviar and soft polenta. It was wonderful. As a thank you, they sent us an amazing aquarium for us to stare at while we get high and let the motion of the ocean calm our nerves as we discuss a couple of next week's comics. Matt What are you getting down on next week? Next
0: week I'm excited for Daymen. Number one from Boom. This is written by Matt Gagnon? Gagnon? It's either Gagnon or Gagnon. With art by Brian Steelfreeze, here's your solicit. For thousands of years, the world has been controlled by the 50 families, a secret network of vampire covens engaged in a timeless struggle for power. But when the sun rises, the vampires are forced to employ the services of a human who acts as their daytime fixer and protector, trained for centuries to be the mortal soldiers of the vampire employers. The day men go forth at sunrise alone into the world to do the bidding of their sleeping benefactors awesome two reasons why I'm excited here it's an interesting take on the vampire conspiracy thing that I've always loved I think that's the most interesting part of vampire mythos is like they are secretly controlling everything and we're just their food stock walking around during the day second reason Brian Steelfreeze Steelfreeze love that guy I love him I love him I love him
1: Brian Steelfreeze
0: Steelfreeze
1: one L at the beginning three E's at the end Steel Freeze
0: Steel Freeze Joe Patrick What are you reading next week?
1: <laughs> my pick My picks Steel for next Freeze week. just sounds tougher It too. does sound tougher My picks for next week Are Mysterious Strangers Number one And number two For some reason Both dropping next week <laughs> What? From Oni Press Written by Chris Roverson With art By Scott Kowalchuk I like him I do too Here's your solicit Protecting the world from the strange is what Verity, Michael, and Sandoval do best. And on the island nation of Hidalgo, things have been getting very strange There's indeed.
0: a lot of weird names yeah. in this first sentence.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the president has declared martial law, sending everyone to excavations in the jungle. But the strangest thing of all is the involvement of the mysterious organization Occult. What could they want with an island with no strategic value? It's up to the strangers to find out.
0: Man, I just want to see what a cult stands for. I know.
1: This is. Uh, this looks like a fun, kind of like supernatural sci fi James Bond period piece. Like in this. It looks like swinging 60s spy stuff, but with super sci fi. And, and Roberson's really good at this. Yeah. And like I, the high
0: concept books. This right. is where he excels.
1: Uh, there was a free Comic Book Day preview of number one. It's really good. I love Scott Kowalchuk, last scene drawing the Intrepids for Image, the Curtis Weeby book, which I did really enjoy. It was totally great. Don't miss out on this next week. Mysterious Strangers, number one and number two from Oni Press. The THN trade
0: of the week for next week goes to the Kafka hardcover from Image Comics by Stephen T. Siegel and Stefano Gaudino. 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 Here's your solicit. A man with no past has six... Pardon me. A man with no past has six days to recover his future! Dan Hutton lost everything. Adrift in the witness relocation program, Dan is told his new identity has been compromised by two different groups, each claiming to be U.S. agents. Not knowing who to trust, Dan runs. Dash, dash. Back to the world that took everything he loved. Period. I love Steve Siegel. I love this kind of stuff, too, the the spy intrigue. I don't know Gaudino. Why don't I know that
1: Stefano Gaudino is primarily known as uh, an inker or finisher. He does a lot of work with Michael Lark. He's got to be good then. He had been inking Carrie Nord on XO Manowar. Okay, I knew I'd seen the name. Yeah, you've seen him around a lot. He's just, I've never seen anything he's done solo.
0: Mad props to any inker that makes a jump to Penciler. Good for you guys. You've suffered behind these other jerks for so long. (laughs) It's your turn to kick somebody around for a change. I think this one's going to be really cool. Yeah. And of course, we want to know what you're looking forward to next week, so be sure to tell us what comics you'll be... No... Of course, we want to know what you'll be reading next week, so stick your face in the ocean and open your eyes until it stings so bad you can't stand it, and tell us what comics you'll be reading. Over at our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash 2 Nerd. Yeah, I waited a little bit so they don't... <laughs>
1: yeah, good job. Good job. They would have been really confused. <laughs> oh, yes, here now. All bets are off. Don't watch me. I can't handle it. <laughs> I smoke on the mic like the living damn laser Like Hellraiser Raising hell with the flavor And terrorize Stand the man like troops in Pakistan Swinging through your town like your neighborhood Spider-Man So uh, tick tock and keep ticking When I get you flipping off the cobblestone I'm kicking The Lone Ranger gold Red Danger Deep in the dark with the archer Rip the trots apart Savage vandal Too hot to handle You battle you single saying just like Jessica Campbell neck danny joe's on the set the rebel i make more noise and heavy metal oh my god folks it's all downhill
0: from here His wu-tang style cannot be matched when joe patrick is spitting crazy rhymes like that it must mean the comic pushers are back to leave one junkie listener hopelessly addicted to a new series this week a puke encrusted tweaker named jeremy writes After spending most of the last year catching up on Marvel Comics, my favorites being... Puking Yeah, he threw up all over himself because he's all whacked out, man. Most of my favorites being Daredevil and Hawkeye, of course. I've been dipping my toe into the DC pool and would love some recommendations from you for classic books that are outside of the mainstream, i.e., not Superman, Batman, Justice League, etc. He wants us to go to the bench, is what he's saying. I got it. Don't get me wrong. Batman's probably my favorite superhero character of all time, and I've been catching up on a lot of classic soups comics, mostly to make up for the bad taste Man of Steel left in my mouth. But <laughs> I have yet to familiar myself with DC's backbench. I love this question. Me too. This is totally rad. Great question, Jeremy. My only bitch is that you didn't call us to ask it. But anyway... Listen, let's give him some books. He wrote us a
1: larger email. No, no, no. That had many different uh, topics.
0: So, Joe Patrick, why don't you go first? Let's dig deep into our our DC bench and see who mm -hmm. we've got on the backup here.
1: Well, there's a lot. And, you know, there's a lot that you can dig into. And my instinct is to, of course, lead off with Starman because it's one of those DC books
0: can we just retire Starman to the Hall of Fame? Why?
1: <laughs> if somebody said it all the damn time, <laughs> if somebody wants to know what I, a great DC book is to read, right. the answer is Starman. <laughs> and
0: if Tony Harris is on the arts, beautiful. <laughs> Peter Snedberg is there later.
1: Snedberg, Snedberg, or whatever it is. But that's my instinct. Okay, and I'm saying yes, read it. But if I'm giving like deep cuts, deep cuts, then I'm gonna go with something like Hitman. I love it. Garth Ennis's Hitman. It very tangentially connected to the Marvel, uh, to the DC universe. Rather, it was born out of a DC event. Ironically enough, true. Bloodlines. Nice
0: use of tangentially.
1: Thank you. No problem. Not to be confused with DC's tangent comics, which are terrible by and large. Not very good. Hitman is the story of Tommy Monahan, who is an assassin who gets bitten by an alien parasite, and he is like the one in one hundred or one in a million, I don't know, people that are killed by these parasites, they do not die. In fact, their metagene kicks in. Right. And he gains superpowers. Instead of becoming a superhero, he uses it to further his career as an assassin. To to
0: make money killing folks. He
1: has telepathy and x-ray vision. That's it. Not super strength. He's he's, not invulnerable. Oh, I thought he was kind of invulnerable.
0: No. Not at all. No.
1: Oh, no, that's right. Have you read Hitman? (laughs) Yeah, he gets
0: the crap knocked out of him on a regular basis.
1: This is Garth Ennis, like within the confines of the DC universe, and much like his run on Punisher... I find that he's at his best when he's kind of reined in a little. Because okay. his like baser, his baser instincts to...
0: To go buck wild.
1: Yeah, are kind of uh, restricted. And so he's forced to be more imaginative. Right. And Hitman, it really shows. He's got a great supporting cast. One of uh, the bartenders at the bar they hang out at is a demon that kind of wandered out of hell. <laughs> and he only says one thing. I am Bator. <laughs> I forgot about Bator. Uh, he hangs out with like just... The the most lovable lovable group of inept hitmen that you'll ever meet and uh like all the best Garth Ennis stories and like Christopher Priest that we mentioned earlier, the book is zany and funny until it's absolutely tragic and heartbreaking. Yeah. And it's very, very compelling. <clears throat> It ran for sixty issues.
0: He had an appearance in Grant Morrison's JLA too.
1: He appeared in one issue of JLA, JLA number five, where he, they did the uh, the tryouts, the new member tryouts, and he basically said that the only reason he wanted to come up to the Watchtower was so that he could check out Wonder Woman with his X-ray vision. <laughs> Which, if he
0: uses X-ray vision, he'd just like see your bones and stuff. But you know, whatever. well,
1: yeah, uh, definitely seek it out. It's being reprinted. I think that they're in the process of it's coming back real, cycling quick here. through. A new edition of Trades. Yeah, it's, it's never com- been rep- reprinted in its entirety.
0: There's a big like omnibus thing that's coming oh, real quick. Oh, wonderful. Here. Yeah, great, great stuff.
1: And I would also suggest Our Man, which is a series that spun out of Grant Morrison's JLA. Uh, it's by Tom Pyre with art by Rags Morales. Where is Tom Pyre? <clears throat> Tom Pyre is no longer working in comics for the most part. Yeah, he's gone. Maybe, I hope shame. he's making real money. I really play. like Tom Pyre. Dead. <laughs> uh, Our Man is the story of of Tyler his name is not Tyler he's I, I'm Our Man a machine colony from the year 85271 something ridiculous He's from J- he's from DC 1 million <clears throat> he briefly joined the JLA and then he meets Snapper Carr the Justice League's like slacker Sidekick. mascot He's
0: a Rick Jones and They're Rick Jones basically
1: He convinces Our Man to give up 99% of his power he hadn't formally been godlike because he had like the, all the power of Metron, of the yeah. new gods, and blah, blah, blah. And he gives it all up so he can learn what it means to be human. And that book was quirky and funny and sad, and it did not catch on with an audience. It lasted two years before... It was just
0: too weird and too good.
1: It, it, but we got two great years out of it, and he got, a, he got to wrap it up in a nice way. You can't find it reprinted, but the back issues are not hard to find.
0: Yeah, you can probably find full runs
1: pretty cheap. Yeah, Hourman and Hitman are two of my favorites from DC's back catalog that are not hugely tied into the iconic characters. Right on. Matt, what do you got?
0: I'm going to go to the villains. I'm going to start with Gail Simone's Secret Six. I
1: love, love
0: Secret Six. Start to finish. I mean, it is such a damn shame that they couldn't continue with that theme because they took some really lame villains for the most part, like Scandal Savage. <laughs> She's related to Vandal Savage. Get what? it?
1: Shut up. She is not. Yeah.
0: And uh, who else was there? Uh, Catman. Catman, who yeah. was like the last time we saw him was fat and, and, Green, <laughs> like, Arrow, yeah. and Green Arrow beat the shit out of him.
1: <laughs> oh, they had cool, like Bane was there as well yeah. and well, so was Deadshot. Bane, Bane was there later on. Bane, Bane came later, but, but like Mad Hatter was part of it for yeah. a while.
0: Catman and Deadshot sort of, started things out led the charge and hooked up with the other ones and kind of became unlikely buddies the way they fleshed out floyd lawton in this book was so good because before this deadshot was kind of a a ridiculous one-trick pony batman villain who had a dumb gun that came out of his wrist and he could shoot stuff really well he was an excellent
1: marksman he's he a great like a villainous Hawkeye, but
0: we really knew nothing else about him and this story fleshed him out and made him so interesting even like scandal savage she had a wonderful love story with one of the other i can't even remember who it was knockout oh knockout it was another like d-list villain that you may not remember and there's no reason why you should
1: um her claim to fame is uh starring in the 90s superboy comic hey that, uh was very dated
0: but it was great it was villains versus villains you weren't really sure who was controlling them they got deeper and deeper and deeper in trouble they lived in the house of secrets (laughs) which i think is so cool (laughs) like it was such a fantastic book and it's another one it's not reprinted anywhere but you can probably find most there are some trades
1: there are some trades but but the whole thing is reprinted go buy the
0: issues i bet you get it cheaper i loved secret six loved it loved it that is a good answer my hero pick. I'm gonna go with Chuck Dixon and Fabian Nievesia's Robin. This was Tim Drake Robin, and this was really kind of like late '90s, early 2000s run. And there had been Robin series before this, but none of them ever really did anything for me. Like I always liked Dick Grayson as Robin, sure, and I liked Tim Drake as Robin as well. But I didn't realize how much I liked Tim Drake, and that Tim Drake would become my favorite Robin until this series. Dixon and Nicesia did a wonderful job fleshing out this character and really very, very little Batman, if any, in this series. Yeah, they went out of their way to take Batman completely out of Robin's life and just show us why Robin is such a great character. I loved this Robin series. I want to say it's like volume three.
1: Volume four, actually. Volume there, four? Were, there were three Robin
0: minis. Yeah, okay. I'll give you that. Uh, before right. the ongoing series. I'm not counting on the minis.
1: <clears throat> and uh, like Mike Wieringo drew it for yeah. an extended stretch. Pete Woods drew it for yeah. an extended stretch. everybody
0: that drew this was great. And
1: I would say drop the book like a bad habit after Chuck Dixon leaves. But
0: for I, 100 I solid issues, I disagree. Fabian Nicieza did a really nice job on that title. Yeah, but in
1: between that is a very there was awful run by Bill Willingham. Yeah,
0: there was some, there was some crap. But the Nicesia stuff, wonderful. Like, yeah. back to what was great about it. Pick those up. But, and let us know what you think of these, too, you guys. We love that you write in and ask us these questions. Write us back after you've hit some of these and let us know. We need to know, are we getting it right? Are we getting it wrong? And one of the things I want to start doing with the comic pushers is revisiting old junkies to see if we got it or not. So let us know, man. Thanks for the question, Jeremy. Pick some of these up. Get back to us and say, hey, that was great. You're totally right. Or I'm never listening to the show again. You guys are total assholes. You ruined my life. Whatever. We want to hear back from I wasted so much money on back shoes.
1: <laughs> <issues. laughs> I spent $3,000 on this crap. <laughs> if you guys have a question for us, you can send it to us via email with the subject, Comic Pushers, or call us and leave a message on our ziggurat direct line. You'll hear it a little sort bit of, later. Sort of break it break it down like this.
0: And that is it for the buddy episode of THN. If you want two nerd overlords telling you what you can and can't read, you can subscribe to this show on iTunes or Stitcher, where you can swear your THN allegiance by leaving us a star rating or written review or a Stitcher thumbs up and help us to connect with other potential listeners.
1: I did notice that somebody managed to leave a new review. I appreciate it. Uh, But uh, we're still not sure if there's a problem so everyone should definitely try. Keep keep shooting. Keep firing, assholes. Yeah, we love it. Thanks to all of our past donors and if you'd like to help keep us in cold brew coffee and bagels to fuel our weekly nerdy filibuster, you can make your donation in any amount using our adorable little PayPal button at TwoHeadedNerd.com
0: While you're there, you can find links to our Twitter feed at TwoHeadedNerd, our email TwoHeadedNerd at gmail.com Our YouTube channel THN Comic Cast, which is going to have episodes coming soon, our Skype handle, Two-Headed Nerd, and our new direct phone number, 402-819-4894, that number again is 402-819-4894, they said it twice as fast, so you'll remember it, where you can send slash call us with your Ask a Nerd questions, or ask the Comic Pushers what you should be reading, or ask us to review your self-published comic, be it printed, digital, whatever. And don't forget to check out all the new content from the THN Love Slaves over at the 2 nerd.com, including a new entry in the Saturday Morning Cartoons dissertation, this time with a focus on the Animaniacs by our librarian of cartoon research and studies, The Credible Hulk.
1: That guy, I'll tell you what. He knows his stuff. I'll tell you what. Don't type the 2 nerd.com into your browser. You no. won't get there.
0: No, you won't.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you You know what? You won't get there. I'm going to Google it, see what happens. Boosh! First thing that comes up on Google. (laughs) So you're fine. Type the Two-Headed Nerd in. Go right ahead. (sighs) Remember to follow us on Twitter and like our Facebook page if you want to get in on the question of the week discussion. And if you want to hear our answers along with your own written and audio responses, be sure to check out the Two-HeadedNerd.com web-exclusive audio blog. The answer of the week.
0: I think we only mention it seven or eight times each episode.
1: That's right. Next
0: week, Joe Patrick is skipping town and leaving me to fend for my damn self as he goes to San Diego on a wing and a prayer without his best friend, co-host, and life mate. Before life is hard. Yeah. Yeah. very hard you have no idea before we leave you to wallow in your own sick our weekly shout out goes to Shasta who's been editing her ass off for the THN website word to you Shasta you make all us nerds look like Shakespearean wordsmiths remember nerds to pre-order your comics because your retailer just might kiss you on the mouth for them this is the Two-Headed Nerd
1: signing off we're going to San Diego to win the Neisner Award sure you are it's true sure